0: You're listening to NGSC Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com, where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports' YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter, at ngse Sports, and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. hello cool so it is showing up all right well new setup let me to drink some tea Mm, that's that's nice that is delicious almost as delicious as the foreign affair podcast episode 182 Welcome, everyone. I am Edward Green, not joined, as always, by my call-in-crime Wes Bradshaw, though you may be hearing him from him a little bit later on in the program. Uh, What we do have for you today, though, still is a recap of the latest going on in the Premier League as well as the Champions League, which, of course, oh, don't you worry, fans, we will be getting to. Uh, I am actually recording this just a couple hours, not even that long, really, uh, after after that famous night at Wembley. Um, we, we have our famous night in Istanbul. Now we have that famous night in Wembley. Not quite at the same level, but, but still very exciting. Um, so we'll be recapping again the Premier League and the Champions League. Um, not really any news and notes to discuss. Um, we could get into the tawdry details of what's happening at Chelsea, but I mean, really... <laughs> Who wants to do that? Um, So instead, uh, we'll be skipping straight towards The Watch 4 as well as uh, That's So Raw. And uh, we might even have a little lull for you here later on in the program. Um, But first, as always, we are brought to you by NJC Sports at NGCSports.com. We never stop. And uh, this podcast certainly is not as we go to the football now. First, a recap of the Premier League. Um, So, because Wes is not here, excuse me, Uh, and we may have Anfield Corner coming later, but I am just going to recap the matches from this past weekend. Uh, Starting at 7.30 on Saturday morning, Manchester United stays unbeaten. At Old Trafford this year with a 1-0 victory over Tottenham, Anthony Martial, with the 81st-minute goal after he had come on in the match, uh, gets the winner for Jose Mourinho's side as he shushed the crowd. Maybe pundits, maybe journalists, who, who knows? Who knows? who Josie is, uh, is upset at at any particular moment. Uh, but it is Martial who came on for Marcus Rashford. Um, and again, 11 minutes later, scored the goal that won it for United. So United now go to second in the table. Tottenham stay in third place, uh, suffering their first row defeat of the season. They had been 4-0-0 up to then. Um, from your 10 o'clock games, Arsenal uh, stays on winning ways against Swansea as they win at the Emirates 2-1. Uh, Sam Klukas with the initial goal for Swansea in the 22nd minute, uh, but a pair of goals just after the second half restart from Said Kolasinac. That's how we're going to go with it? Sure. Uh, as well as, it is, it is Halloween time, so... Ooh, Aaron Ramsey has scored. Oh no, what horrors have been unleashed upon the earth? Oh no! Anyway, uh, so Arsenal with the 2-1 victory there. Liverpool, big 3-0 win against Huddersfield Town in the Klopp-Wagner love fest um, as uh, three second-half goals prepare propel Liverpool to the victory. Uh, Daniel Sturridge, he has risen. We'll get to more of that later as well. Uh, Roberto Firmino also had a goal, as did Gigi Wijnaldum. Um, and again, we might be hearing more of that in the Anfield corner later on in the program. Uh, Crystal Palace gets a point. That's huge for them right now. Gets a point against West Ham. 2-2 is the final. Uh, Javier Hernandez and Andre Ayew had goals in the first half for West Ham, um, but it was um, a penalty strike from Luka Milivojevic um, for Crystal Palace, who got them within one. And then with the last kick in the game, Wilfred Zaha in the 97th minute gets the draw. Yes, again, that is just a draw. Um, my goodness, just craziness. Um, but Crystal Palace gets their first draw of the Premier League season. Uh Watford, after falling to Chelsea, now lose a second one on the trot. They lose to Stoke at home. 1-0, Darren Fletcher with the goal on that one in the 16th minute. Uh, West Brom falls to Manchester City at home, as everybody has so far this season. Um, 3-2. They did almost make a game out of it. Uh, Leroy Sane's 10th-minute goal was canceled. Just a few minutes later by Jay Rodriguez, um, who was then re-upped by Fernandinho in the 15th minute. It went 2-1 to the half to City. Uh, Raheem Sterling Raza, he may also be risen, Um, he picked up the third for City. Uh, Matt Phillips picked up uh, one for West Brom in the 92nd minute, but it wasn't enough to get West Brom a point in this one. And finally, Bournemouth uh, falls at home to Chelsea 1-0. Ed Nazard. Uh, a very unhappy ed as I'm sure every Chelsea player is right now, uh, gets the goal in that one in the 51st minute. Excuse me. Mm. Again, my tea is delicious. Um, so I, I I do guess, just a quick look at the standings after that one, uh, Bournemouth, seven points. They're just, they're just one point off uh, from getting out of the relegation zone. But, you know, in much the same way, and I am going to, Somewhat editorialized here for a second. In in, in a little bit the same way that I felt like Ronald Coleman very early on was, was in a spot of trouble. I was the first one to call on this podcast. Do remember that. Um, because of how Everton had started the season with a lot of very big signings. Um, I sort of kind of feel like the same thing might be happening to uh, to Bournemouth a little bit and, and with Eddie Howe. Um, I'm just real quick oh no i don't want i don't want the german version no i want i'm going to transfermarket.co.uk um really quickly because i do know they did sign um they did sign germain defoe they did bring back nathan ake after he had the half season loan uh from chelsea um As you know, every player on earth apparently is on loan from Chelsea. Um, But I do just want to look really quickly because I believe they made some other moves that I'm just not remembering at the moment. So I do want to bring up their transfer market page. Um, Current season transfers, I believe that is what I want. Yes, uh, they brought in Aki. uh, They also brought in from Chelsea, Esmir Begovic. Um, They brought in Defoe um, and uh, Conor Mahoney as well from Blackburn. Um, out of League One, but you know, that's, they spent they spent um, what did they spend? That can't be right. Really? Uh, Oh, okay. Um, Well, they didn't actually sell any players in the offseason. They they sent a bunch on loan. Um, So, and they just Bots, people. So they spent almost thirty-one million uh, pounds on players, and they just they just haven't gotten that much from them yet. So Eddie Howe, poor Eddie Howe, um, his contract runs until the end of the twenty twenty season. The nineteen twenty, ooh, that's gonna get really confusing. The 2019-2020 season. Whew, we're gonna have to work on that. Um, his contract runs until then, um, but he he could be in trouble. I mean, this is a team that I know Wes and I both thought could be in the top half of the table this year um, with how they done last year and the pieces they added. We thought they can they can really do something this year. And it just, it just hasn't worked out for them yet. So we'll have to see, you know, obviously losing to Chelsea, not that big of a deal in and of itself. But again, Bournemouth on the season, two wins, one draw, seven losses. And they've only scored six goals. Like this is a team that, even when things are going bad, they they still score goals, you know. They have, they, they that's what they do. So it's just, and I and I believe three of those, if I'm not mistaken, actually came against Liverpool in week one. So in their other nine matches, they've scored three goals, and that's not good. <laughs> so they do need to uh, short things up there, um, and start putting some in the net. They have actually scored, I believe, yeah, the fewest goals in the Premier League. Besides Crystal Palace. That, that, that has to be always said. Besides Crystal Palace, this team is the worst. Um, so we'll see if they can turn it around. Uh, those were the Saturday games. Sunday games featured a, a draw between Brighton and Hove and Southampton. 1-1. Uh, Stephen Davis with the goal in the 7th minute for Southampton. And then Glenn Murray uh, put one in for Brighton and Hove um, to get them the draw at the 52nd minute and new manager for everton same crap uh leicester city um beats everton 2-0 jamie vardy had a party uh and damari gray also added one both coming before the half hour mark in the match and that was all lester needed at the kp stadium so everton um staying there at the bottom not great And then on Monday, Burnley gets a big win at home at Turf Moor against Newcastle, 1-0 the winner by Jeff Hendrick in the 74th minute. Not a great match, but another big, big win for Burnley. Uh, I know it's just Newcastle, but I mean, this is a team. And when I say big win, this is not a, oh, maybe they can stay out of the relegation zone win. No, this is, hey, maybe this team can actually, like, contend to stay in the top half of the table. Um, That's where they are right now. As we take a look at the standings in the table. I don't know why this website calls it standings. It's table. Come on, NBC Sports. You're the best ones at this. Come on. Come on. Um, Manchester City still on top with 28 points. Manchester United in second with 23. Tottenham after that loss to United stay in third with 20 points. Uh, Chelsea and Arsenal both at 19. Uh, Liverpool and Burnley. Like I said, Burnley's right there. Uh, They are both on 16 points. And that is your top 7 right now. Watford just outside with 15 points. The bottom of your heart, the relegation zone. Swansea currently on the outside with 8 points in 17th place. But they have a much better goal differential than Everton who also have 8 points. Swansea's goal differential minus five. Everton's minus thirteen. Everton have allowed twenty goals this season. That is joint worst in the Premier League with Stoke, except for Crystal Palace. Um, it it just it works every time for that. Um, so they are they are in eighteenth. Bournemouth, as I mentioned, are in nineteenth with seven points, and Crystal Palace are in last with four points. Even after that draw, they are still pretty well and clear. Sad naps for Rebecca Liu. Um, as we take a look to our next week of matches, um, this is match day 11 starting on Saturday at 8.30 a.m. Yay, time zone change. Uh, Stoke hosts Leicester at the Bet365. At 11 a.m., you have the choice of Newcastle, Bournemouth, Southampton, Burnley, Huddersfield, West Brom, Swansea, Brighton, and Hove. And then at 1.30 at the Olympic Stadium, you have West Ham versus Liverpool On Sunday, you have the other four matches to choose from from the week. Uh, Starting at 7 a.m., it's Tottenham versus Palace. At 9.15, you have City versus Arsenal at the Etihad. Is Arsenal starting to be for real, or is City going to just mow them down like they have every other team so far this season? Also, then at 11.30, Chelsea versus Manchester United. So some big matches on Sunday. Uh, That's Stamford Bridge. Also at 11.30 is Everton versus Watford. Big club Going to Goodison Park <laughs> Hey Suck it Everton Um That was That was for Wes That was for you buddy Um So that is Your Premier League talk For the week I'm gonna take Another sip of tea Here for a second It's uh Chai tea In case you're wondering You weren't Don't lie to me YouTube Podcast Nation Um So let's hit the Champions League talk now. Uh, Group stage, we're through four matches for everybody now. Two to play. And uh, things are getting interesting. We've had some teams qualify. And uh, four teams have now guaranteed passage to the knockout stage of the Champions League. Uh, Some have secured at least third place. And one of those teams is Manchester United. Perfect in the group, but not yet through to the knockout stage yet. They're they're almost there. they're, They're going to get there. They're just not steel-clad locked in yet. Um, not not the funnest, I guess, of wins against Benfica. It's 2-0, uh, but it, become, it comes from an own goal and a penalty. So, yay. Um, I mean, Benfica has been playing tight against United. The home fixture for them uh, was a 1-0 loss with Marcus Rashford getting the goal in that one, if otherwise drab affair. Uh, but this time, United still gets the win, 2-0 at home. Moscow, CKA, CSKA, Moscow gets the 2-0 win against... Boom, 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 say Basel, Basel. Uh, that's the win for them on the road. And that is big for them because the way the group stands now, uh, this could have put Basel all the way through. Um, but it, it doesn't yet because now Basel and Moscow are tied with six points apiece. Again, United have 12. So they would have to lose both their matches. Basil and Moscow would have to win both of their matches. Both of them play United. Um, and then gold differential would have to go and it'd be crazy. So United's going through They're They're going to the knockout stage. It's just, it's just mathematically still a possibility that they don't, but they're, they're going through. Don't worry. Um, and as for Benfica, uh, they're all but eliminated from Europe completely. They are at zero points and a negative nine goal differential. Um, and their next match is they have to go to Moscow, where they, they have to get a win to stay in the competition. Um, if not, uh, they, they will be mathematically eliminated. Um, and as I said, Basel and Moscow now battling it out for that second knockout place. Um, Basel right now on top with a plus-three goal differential to Moscow's negative three. So a lot to make up there. If Basel can just keep winning, uh, they will get through. But they are next up against Manchester United. That is at the St. Jacob Park, though. So a result there would be huge for them against Moscow. Uh, Group B um, is basically done. Not quite, but basically. Um, PSG and Bayern Munich have both now advanced to the knockout phase. Uh, PSG on the back of their 5-0 win against Anderlecht. Uh, Defenseman, first defenseman hat-trick ever in the Champions League group group stage by uh, Levin Krizawa. All his goals coming in the second half. But it was uh, Marco Verratti and Neymar with first-half goals that really got PSG going uh, to their 5-0 win. Um, Celtic, oh, poor Celtic. Poor, poor Celtic. Uh, After Kingsley Goleman... Coleman scored an early goal for Bayern Munich. Um, Callum McGregor leveled things up in the 74th minute, only to be answered just three minutes later by Javier Martinez for Bayern Munich. Um, just just brutal. Brutal for Brendan Rodgers, man. They showed great character in Glasgow. Um, but it just wasn't enough. Bayern gets the 2-1 win. Uh, so with that, PSG now at 12 points. Bayern at 9. Celtic at 3. Anderlecht at 0. Um... So PSG and Bayern are fighting now to see who wins the group. That most likely will be decided on the last match week as PSG and Bayern Munich play on December 5th at the Allianz in Munich. Um, and I need to see real quick um, what the tiebreakers are. Exactly, there are points in head-to-head, goal difference in head-to-head. Um, so it is goal difference. Would be if, if Bayern is to win, assuming they each win... Their 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 fifth match, um, it would become go down to goal difference in matches between the two, which means Bayern would have to win by at least three. Now the other issue is I believe the next one is away goals. Yes, so because Bayern did not score any goals against PSG when they were in Paris, um, that means that Bayern must either win by three nil to send it to another tiebreaker or um, if PSG scores a goal at the Allianz, Baron has to win by four to, uh, to win the group um, so it's going to be tough, but you never know you never know, but first Baron have to travel to Anderlecht and PSG host Celtic, and of course Celtic um, still can qualify for the Europa League they're three points up on Anderlecht we'll see who advances to Europa? Uh, group C um, has been a topsy turvy group, um, and these latest results prove to be still the case. Uh, Roma with a big three 0 win against Chelsea at the Stadio Olimpico. Uh, Samir El uh excuse me, Stefan El uh with the brace just thirty six minutes in, and Diego Parati with a goal in the thirty and the sixty third minute dyslexic for a second um, gets the big 3-0 win over a lackluster Chelsea team uh, especially after the first few minutes where they actually had chances it just went downhill after that so big win for Roma Atletico Madrid draws Karabakh. that's right Atletico Madrid draws Azerbaijani inside Karabag 1-1 Korabog had the lead in the 40th minute after Mikel scored the opener. Um, it was Thomas Partey who equalized things in the 56th minute. And even a man up as a man from Korabog was sent off, I believe, in the 59th minute. Enrique was sent off for Korobag. Um, it couldn't open it up. A, an Atletico man was sent off in the 88th minute. That was Stefan Savic um but my goodness um atletico now in a spot of trouble um whoo it's it's not great it's really really not great um so where does that leave us in group c that leaves us with roma currently topping the group with eight points they are now guaranteed at least third place they can do no worse than third place in the group Chelsea are right behind them though with seven points. Atletico Madrid have three points. Corbog have two. So, and you'd say, well, Atletico, they can they have to go up against Chelsea. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, they've already played Chelsea and they lost them at home 2-1. That was the Batch Y late 93rd minute winner. Um Atletico host Roma next time. They they have to win that match. That, that is an absolute must win Really they're both almost must wins At this point At home to Roma and then at Chelsea uh, If they want to advance In the Champions League um, I don't think Karabag Who is right now still just one point behind them Is going to catch them And, and knock them out of Europe completely But my goodness This was whew, This was a strong group But Atletico are suffering mildly. Now they've they've given up by far or not by far. They've given up the fewest goals in the group with just 3. But they've only scored 2. They've scored 2 goals in 4 matches. Big trouble. Big trouble in Atletico. Now Atletico did draw Roma 0-0 at the Stadio Olimpico uh, in the first match week, so maybe maybe there's hope for them, uh, but that that is a that is as, mo- as much a must-win game as there has been for Atletico in quite a while. Got to win that one. Group D. uh, Barcelona draws at Olympiacos. Nil-nil. Olympiacos picks up their first point of the Champions League group stage. uh, And also another draw for Sporting and Juventus. As Bruno Cesar's 20th minute strike cancelled out by Gonzalo Higuain in the 79th minute to save Juventus and get them a point Barcelona still top the group with 10 points Juventus are at 7 Sporting are at 4 and Olympiacos are at 1 Barcelona and Juventus are at least guaranteed to finish top three no matter what Um, Barcelona will be looking to uh, punch their ticket to the next round as they head to Juventus in their next match that is going to be a big one of course Barcelona in the first week of play beat Juventus at home 3-0 on the back of a Lionel Messi brace. So we'll see if the return leg is as fruitful for the Catalans as you know. Things are a little crazy in that part of the world right now. So maybe a road game will be better for them. Who knows? Um, but that that will be that will be a big one. Big, big, big one for this group. If Barcelona wins that one, they will win the group. Um We head to Group E. Wes. We might be hearing more about this later. Um, But Wes gets a big 3-0 win over Maribor. That's a 10-0 aggregate over their last two meetings now. Um, Salah, Emery Chan, and Sturridge. There's that man again. uh, Each scoring for Liverpool. All in the second half against Maribor. Sevilla gets a 2-0 win against Spartak at home. So with that, Liverpool still tops Group E. With 8 points and a ridiculous plus 10 goal differential. All, literally all due to Maribor. Um, Sevilla right behind them with 7 points. Spartak are in 3rd with 5 points. And Maribor in last with 1 point. So still a very tight group. Uh, Liverpool top it right now. They are guaranteed at least 3rd. But they can punch their ticket to the knockout stage. If they can get a win at Sevilla next time. And that is going to be crazy. Um, as they head to Sevilla um, on November 21st. That is huge. Again, if they win, uh, I believe they're through. Yes, they would be through. Uh, they wouldn't necessarily win the group. They'd almost surely win the group after that. Um, but it wouldn't be mathematically locked. Um, but that, that would be a huge win for Liverpool. Uh, in Group F, we have a team locked in and a team knocked out. Manchester City gets England's first win on Napoli and, and Naples in the Champions League ever in their fifth opportunity. 4 uh, 2 is the victory. Uh, back and forth game, it was 2 2 after a penalty strike by Jorginho got Napoli back in it. Uh, but the Kiyun, got the winner in the 69th minute to make it 3 2. And then Raza. All, all these Liverpool players coming back from the dead. Uh, he finished it off in the 90-second minute with flair. Um, as City gets a big 4-2 win against Napoli. Uh, Shakhtar also pounds Feyenoord 3-1 um, on the back of a brace by Marlos for the Ukrainian side. Uh, Nikolai Jorgensen was the only goal for Feyenoord. Um, so with that, City now at 12 points. Shakhtar at 9 Napoli are at three. Feyenoord has zero. Uh, sh- Manchester City will advance. They are through to the knockout phase. Um, they join PSG and Bayern and one more team. Um, Shakhtar is guaranteed at least third place. They they are, again, they're six points up though on Napoli. Um, so they might be headed for a knockout round appearance in the Champions League. Uh, they travel to Napoli Next time we play Champions League matches. And uh, Napoli still can get through, um, but only just six points back of Shakhtar again. And then Feyenoord, um, they are at zero points. They cannot qualify for the Champions League knockout stage. They could still theoretically catch Napoli and uh, and try to advance to the Europa League knockout stage. Um, and Feyenoord have Napoli. Uh, the last match week of the Champions League group stage, Uh, but first they have to go to City, uh, where City could wrap up the group in match week five. Group G. Getting close to being done. Group G. That's where we are now, and it's uh, Besiktas. Besiktas topping the group. Uh, they draw Monaco 1-1 at home. Uh, a first half goal right at the death from Ronnie Lopes. Uh, gets Monaco the lead, but Senk Tuson, not Shengsun, Senk uh with the penalty strike for Besiktas to get the point in Istanbul. And Porto with a huge 3-1 win over Leipzig. Uh, Timo Werner on the board for Leipzig, uh, but Neo. With the winner for Porto. Danilo Pereira. Uh, and with that Porto jump over Leipzig. In the standings. Besiktas topped the table with 10. Porto's in second with 6. Leipzig are in third with 4 points. Monaco in last. With just 2 points. Uh, remember they were in the Champions League. Semifinals last season. Uh, but too many losses in the offseason. To bring them back up. Uh, Basictus have 10 points they've assured themselves at least third place uh, but everyone else is still alive to try and get a knockout stage place uh, and finally oh so finally group age um, words I never thought I would be saying at any point really um, Tottenham Hotspur top the group um, They they haven't Clinched the top spot yet? Don't don't get it twisted. They have not clinched the top spot yet at all, um, but they do get a gigantic 3-1 victory over Real Madrid at Wembley. Um, Deli Ali, fresh off that suspension, that's what's keeping him fresh in the Champions League. Um, he hits the brace. Ericsson with a goal as well in the 65th minute. Uh, Ronaldo picks one up in garbage time, but it was all Tottenham Hotspur in this one. They get the 3 1 win. They go to the top of the table. Borussia Dortmund draws APOEL Nicosia um, for the second time. Both 1 1 draws. Um, an early goal from Rafael Guerrero could not stand up to the fighting Nicosians as Mikhail Pote um, had the goal in the 54th minute to level things up. So it stays 1 1. With that in Group H, Tottenham are at top with 10 points. Real Madrid are in second with 7. And Dortmund and APOEL are tied for third with two points East. Dortmund with a slightly better goal differential there. Um, Tottenham have locked themselves in to the knockout stage of the Champions League. They're going through. They join PSG, City, and Bayern. They're the four teams going on already. Um, they, they can top the group with a win against... If they win out, obviously they top the group at this point. Um, They might still need a little help. Um, I I imagine Real Madrid will be very mad when they go to Nicosia next time and want to take it out on them. Um, But that is is big. So again, Tottenham, no matter what, will finish either first or second and we'll see how things shake out. Um, Dortmund are now in a struggle because again, now they have... They have Tottenham at home and then Real Madrid. They might have to get a a result at Real Madrid to go through to the Europa League. Depending on what Nicosia does. Who knows? But tough times at Dortmund for a team that was flying high in the Bundesliga. Now they've fallen back to second. And now they're in third in the Champions League and well adrift. Um, I mean, at this point, they they, they have to win out. Basically, at this point, they have to beat Tottenham at home. And then they're going to have to go beat Real Madrid, and that still might not be enough. If, if Real wins next match week at Nicosia, which is pretty likely, um, that would be it. So, we shall see. That is your Champions League recap. Oh my goodness, craziness abounds. So that's going to do it for that uh, Like I mentioned, no news and notes this week Unless you want to count the salacious rumors coming out of Stanford Bridge Because apparently nobody's happy there And everybody wants to leave And everybody hates each other And Jose Mourinho's just sitting back And uh, you can't see me because this is an audio podcast But I'm mimicking the uh, the Kermit the Frog meme Like, just drinking my tea here Yeah, tell me more how it was my fault That the team imploded after we won the title Go ahead, boys. I think it's weird we're Josie Mourinho fans here. We shouldn't be, but we just we just are. We love him. We can't stop loving Josie, even when he's a dick, even even when he's being an asshole. We still love the man. <laughs> what can we say? We're in an abusive relationship. Um. So that's gonna do it for that. Um. With that, we're gonna hit the watch for, and what am I watching in the week that was or the week that will be? I can tell you what I am looking forward to. I don't know that I'm going to see this week. I'm going to try to, but I don't know that I'm going to. Uh, I would love to see the new Thor movie. Uh, It looks really good. It's been getting a lot of great reviews, early reviews. Um, People are saying it's way better than any of the first two Thor movies. First one I thought was still pretty good. Second one was eh, but this one looks really, really good. Thor Ragnarok uh, heading to theaters this uh, Thursday midnight, I believe so go check that out uh i'm definitely gonna see it at some point i don't know if i'm gonna get to it this weekend i would love to but don't know that i will um but big 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 funds i believe will be had um anytime chris hemsworth gets to play big dumb hot guy i'm in Hooray! um so that's gonna do it for the watch four uh oh yeah super mario odyssey is great it's it's fantastic um it's not my game of the year breath of the wild is my game of the year um but oh my god is, is mario odyssey a great game it's oh, it's it's really good it's really really strong um uh, uh the reason I, I would say it's it's not my game of the year um a this was a really strong year for games um a lot of them came in that march april may section when we had like breath of the wild persona 5 uh Neo, Near, Automata, and um, Horizon, Zerodon. Uh, we also had Ask Creed come out. Ask Creed Origins, which apparently is fantastic. Um, so, it, Breath of the Wild is still my game of the year. Um, and apparently, Evil Within is two is really good. So, good for them. Um, but Breath of the Wild is my game of the year because it's it, it took a bunch of risks. And it hit the mark on like 99% of them, or in my estimation, maybe like 90, somewhere between 95 and 99% of them. It just, it really hit hard. Um, Nintendo is never one to really change up their formula super hard on a lot of their their number one IP franchises. Um, They haven't really with Zelda. They haven't really with Mario. And that's why I'm kind of knocking Mario Odyssey down to my second place for Game of the Year, is is Mario Odyssey is a fantastic game. If you played Super Mario 64, if you played Super Mario Sunshine even, if you played Galaxy, Super Mario Galaxy, it's kind of the same game. It's a Mario game, which is to say, it is an amazing, amazing 3D platformer. It's fantastic, but that's what it is. Breath of the Wild tried to do a lot of different things for a Zelda game, and I think, by and large, it thoroughly succeeded in what it did. So that's why. Because for the degree of difficulty that they had for that one, I'm, I'm going to push it towards my game of the year. Um, especially as far as Switch games go. It's very, very close. Um, because both games are technically great. I think Breath of the Wild might actually have a few more flaws than Mario Odyssey. But with, again, with degree of difficulty, the Russian judge will give you more points... For trying something harder um, than what mario odyssey did now mario Odyssey's like cap function is great and it's revolutionary and, and it's fun it's not breath of the wild going crazy open world go wherever the hell you want it's 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 just not um, again both games are amazing play both of them they're fantastic Whew, they're great games um So that's going to do it for that. Um, Now, I believe we're going to join, though, Wes as he catches us up from Parts Unknown. That's what we'll call it. Parts Unknown. Take it away, Wes.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome to this week's edition of Enfield Corner. Give that one to Ed Green. He came up with that fantastic name. Uh, All right, guys. I'm Wes Bradshaw, your humble, loyal co host here on the Foreign Affair Podcast. Driving home after a night of protecting the citizens of Nash County. And I am completely and utterly about to fall out. So anything that I may say in my few segments today um, that may not be factually accurate, don't hold against me. I've literally wanted to fall asleep since about 3 a.m. and it's now 7.22. As I'm doing this, okay, big week for the pool. Liverpool need a win in the Premier League, they needed one desperately. They got one. Huddersfield came to Liverpool, um, gave a very resolute first half performance. Uh, but at the end of the day, Liverpool able to get three goals by David Vik and the squad. When Wagner was having his visions, his visions before the season. I don't think he was envisioning, envisioning, excuse me, going to Anfield and losing 3 0 to his best friend in the entire world, Jurgen Klopp. But that's exactly what happened. Uh, Liverpool, a, a this will kind of be the theme of Liverpool's week. A, a really, a really low-key first half in that match, just kind of trying to break things down, trying to find holes, not really doing everything they need to do. But in the second half able to turn it on Daniel Sturge he is risen he is risen indeed the Sturge scores his I believe first Premier League goal of the season to open the scoring in the 50th minute a couple more come after that pull roll onto the 3-0 win um and it's just it was one of those wins that they needed you know we need we didn't need a I mean we didn't need to win 7-0 god we didn't want to sit there and have to bite our fingernails on a 1-0 we just wanted to get a victory get three points on the board and move on and hope that it would build on things to come and pretty much the exactly second what happened is Maribor came to town in the midweek to play uh, match day four of the of the Champions League and almost a carbon copy of the other day, Liverpool, they missed a first half penalty they, uh, they're nil-nil going to the half a very uh, possession heavy first half for Liverpool that doesn't result in anything But then in the second half, Liverpool get a goal, which opens up the floodgates. They end up winning the match 3-0. Daniel Sturridge scores again. He is indeed risen. He's back. Based on two matches, I'm ready to put him in the England squad to uh, go win the World Cup now. So, go Danny. Go England. Go Liverpool. Uh, Big week for Liverpool. coming up this weekend uh, uh they play West Ham I believe a trip to West Ham if I'm not mistaken and, and then Sevilla in a couple weeks in match day five of the Champions League but right now Liverpool are in a run of matches where you know truly coming through and I know we were uh, I was I was one I wasn't totally screwed, but doom and gloom was all around Liverpool you know, they drew United. They dropped the match to Spurs. Really, when you look at this little run of games, it wasn't that bad. I mean, you know, they got a decent point tally. Yeah, it was disappointing the way they lost to Spurs. But, you know, when you turn around and see what Spurs did around Madrid, um, even losing the match uh, to Manchester United, you know Spurs are a really good squad. They just they had their day against Liverpool. It happened. Ed Green was due. Ed Green was due, so I know that one was for him. Uh, that's what Potts told the boys before the match do it for Ed Green, just so he doesn't have to listen to West Globe again. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with where Liverpool are right now. Is a perfect no. Too many draws. And unfortunately for Liverpool, it's draws against the lower half clubs that kind of get under your skin a little bit. They have a few of those this year. But hopefully right now they can get on a nice uh, nice form run. You know, build on the Huddersfield, build on the Maribor. Let's go beat West Ham. They're always up for a good beating. Uh, nice wedgie. Kind of in the turlet. Uh, let's just rock on. See where Liverpool can go. We're about to kick into that Christmas season right around the corner that Klopp so does not really care for. But, hey, everybody's got to do it, pool included. So, big run of matches coming up. I know Ed's brought you guys some good stuff this week. I just wanted to kind of drop in, give you a little Anfield love. I'll be back a little later with my So Ross segment. Oh, man. I might even drop you guys a TV show or two. No, no, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till next week to drop the TV show. Because next week, I'll have you the most epic, epic watch for recommendation of all time so be on the lookout for next week's episode for that one um, definitely I'll be back next week we'll talk a little more pool. will definitely go a little more in depth on everything that's going on I believe we're going to be on an international break as we go in next week So you guys know how much I love those you know, you're going to lose at least one or two players um, anyway we'll hop on that next week guys we're going to wrap it up like we usually do, the traditional way of doing it. Catch <sighs> Vaseline. It's time to get so raw. Hi, uh, your loyal co host, Wes Bradshaw. I'm back. Back to you again. Once again, coming to you from the vehicle on the way home. My eyes are getting heavy, but my heart is full. As Raw I had a great show on Monday night with one of the more entertaining endings <laughs> that i've seen in a very long time um we had some really good matches out now i'm going off memory here so don't don't hate me folks don't hate me um uh we had uh finn balor and cesaro really good really fun match um Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. I've, I've lost it. I've totally lost the narrative here, but uh, I do remember what the big one was of the night. Uh, we did have some continuation in our um, build to SummerSlam coming up where uh, Kurt Angle is having to starting to start putting together his team. Uh, he did announce that his first pick his SmackDown team was going to be Braun Strowman. Um, okay, I'm getting the narrative back, folks. Alright. Uh, as we kicked off the show Monday night, uh, Angle was in the ring. The Raw roster was up on the, on the ramp. Angle was apologizing for what had happened the week before with the invasion about how he had not taken care of his superstars. And then we get our first big return of the night. <sighs> The boss of Raw, Stephanie McMahon, comes out, and she absolutely crushes Kurt Angle, telling him that he's failed at his job. He's failed at protecting his roster. He's let SmackDown come in and get the upper hand. Stephanie McMahon said, but it's okay. She's going to give him the opportunity to make up for everything. She has named him the captain of Team Raw at SummerSlam. So Kurt Angle is going to be in the match. As I said, later in the show, he did announce Braun Strowman as his first pick for his team. Um, That's pretty cool. So, you know, we're going to get another Kurt Angle. That'll be our second Kurt Angle match now with him being back. Of course, TLC the last pay-per-view was our first. So definitely something to look forward to there, especially if you're a Kurt Angle fan. Um, Big Red Machine Kane kind of continued his torturing of the roster. I believe he got the shield again this week. Sorry, once again I'm a little out of it, but I believe he got Rollins and Ambrose again. Uh, which you know I hate seeing a little bit of Rollins and Ambrose. Uh, one of the big, one of the other big stories was Daniel Bryan showing up on Raw for the first time since the brand split and trying to trying to smooth things over with uh, with Kurt Angle stating that he did not condone he had no idea he did not condone the actions of Shane McMahon in the raw or excuse me the SmackDown invasion of a week ago a little later as Daniel Bryan is in Kurt Angle's office Angle's left the room all of a sudden the lights go out and all and the next thing that appears in just the light of Daniel Bryan's cell phone is the face of the demon Kane Kane picks up, uh, we believe choke slam Daniel Bryan the next time when the lights came on. Bryan was in a heap on the floor and had to be stretchered out, immobilized, and stretchered out. And then Kane went through some of his destruction of the night. So Kane getting a really nice push coming back here. You know, we are we are literally at 20 years of Kane. Kane's debut came at Bad Blood 97 when Undertaker and Shawn Michaels were in the very first Hell in a Cell match that was kind of the ending of it was Kane coming out ripping off the door tombstoning the Undertaker and that was his debut so 20 years now for Kane and the WWF with that the WWF WWE with that character it's it's an iconic character at this point uh he will without a doubt to me be a WWE Hall of Famer in the very near future when he does decide to hang it up um you know, a lot of people go kind of like, oh, come on Kane I've got no problem seeing Kane do it one more time because I I believe this is going to be the last run of Kane so I've got no problem with him going out and being the monster that he is putting over some guys and it looks like we're definitely going to have a clash down the road between Kane and Braun Strowman. which is going to be going to be a really fun pairing really interesting stuff to see uh, our second big return of the night oh, this one got me going. Samoa Joe is back. Yeah, that's right, Luke. Samoa Joe, who is, uh, went out with a knee injury during the SummerSlam main event, the Fatal Four Way. We hadn't seen him since then. He is back and he is back and he's pissed off. Yeah, I want to say he fought Apollo Crews. It didn't really matter who he fought, he absolutely decimated. Uh, he did the Joe thing. He came out. He told the fans they could kind of kiss his ass because <laughs> he could tell how fake they were. And it was great, man. Joe, to me, Samoa Joe has all the makings of a guy who can carry the Universal Championship as a heel. And just do an amazing job. I mean, he is a straight up legitimate badass dude. You know, he's not this big muscle guy or this suave, good looking, you know, heartthrob guy. No, he's just this big... Mean, thick, strong, you know, Samoan badass who just murders people. And that's pretty much what he did this week. He just murdered people because he's Samoa Joe and he's that damn awesome. So I'm so, 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 so glad to see Samoa Joe back. Uh, the Miz defended his Eric combat in I'm not going to lie to you guys and tell you, I remember who he defended it against i can't remember watching the match it was a good match just at the moment i can't remember but that was kind of the uh it's kind of a secondary story of the night for the Miz. um kurt angle already pissed off of the Miz uh for he and axel and dallas showing up late after the whole interaction with stephanie mcmahon had gone down the Miz shows up late in his limousine and there's a uh, verbal, kind of a verbal altercation between him and Kurt Angle. Um, Miz ends up defending his title that night. He keeps it. And then a little later in the show, he and the Miz Tourage are getting ready to leave. Um, they are tentatively keeping an eye out uh, for Braun Strowman <laughs> uh, because there are rumors going around that Strowman is out for revenge on the Miz for throwing him in a garbage truck during the TLC match. So as they're trying to leave, Angle catches them on the way out and tells them under no circumstances can they leave before the end of the show. So they're, they have to scurry back to the locker room, which you kind of know is setting up something for the end of the show. Uh, our main event, Alexa Bliss, defends the um, women's title against Mickey James. Successful defense. Hey, good, good solid match. Uh, I mean, Alexa Bliss is just... I mean, she is my goddess. She's the goddess of WWE. She's my goddess. She can literally... Okay, I'm I'm not going to get into the things she can do to me or I do to her. But anyway, moving on. Uh, As she's in the ring celebrating her victory, we see the Miztourage booking it toward their limo. They get in the limousine and they're all happy because they've avoided Braun Strowman. and, And this is where everything just goes to one of the greatest places it's ever gone as all of a sudden they're sitting there a a garbage truck begins to back up toward the the limousine and they're splitting the shots between uh, the reactions of Miz and his cronies and the garbage truck and you can just see the terror welling in the Miz's face. All of a sudden the garbage truck stops starts opening the back and all this garbage starts coming out and all of a sudden Rising like the Terminator <laughs> is a filthy, stink-sweating bronze Strowman who literally looks like he's been in the back of a garbage truck for a week. It's amazing. The Miz, the Miztourage there, just completely terrified. They start spilling out of the limousine trying to escape. And then it has to be one of my favorite moments just in the history of watching Monday Night Raw. The camera pans back, and Braun Strowman's on top of the limousine and starts to sprint across the limousine, and then sprints over the loading dock, and starts to sprint down the hall. Watching Braun Strowman, at six foot eight, nearly 400 pounds, sprint, just makes me a very, very, very happy person. Next thing you know, uh, the cameras go back into the main, uh, the main arena. Miz the Miz arise. They come running out trying to escape Strowman. Strowman ends up catching them and beats the ever-loving shit. Um, first out of uh, Miz, or out of uh, Bo Dallas and uh, Curtis Axel. Then the Miz gets his. The Miz gets power slammed through a table up on the up on the. Uh, I believe it was Miz caught it up on the ramp. Then is then they go to the ring and. Braun Strowman proceeds to give Curtis Axel five of his massive Braun Strowman power slams <laughs> at which point you've got that old Simpsons uh, you know, in his head, stop, he's already dead and it was it was so good and just the facials of The Miz, The Miz is God AJ Styles is the best wrestler in WWE right now the Miz might be the best character going right now in WWE he's just, he's so into this arrogant like horrible human being of a character that he plays who's just above everyone else but he is able to but he's, but he's also a pure chicken shit heel and his face is able to convey so many emotions and when it's going off the air you can see he's, he's like a mixture of furious and just terrified of what Braun is going to do to him and that's how Raw goes off the airs with Braun Strowman. It Braun! Which also makes me very happy just to hear him scream his own name. That makes me, that, that's great. Um, so that's definitely got legs going forward. And if Braun Strowman can really get his hands on The Miz, I do not like the chances of the Intercontinental Champion, Mike, The Miz, Miz um, <clears throat> going forward. Real quick on SmackDown, which I have not watched yet, sorry, been a busy week, um, they have more qualified matches, they're they are kind of doing qualified matches for their Survivor Series team, and they're awesome because it's like a playoff, um, Shinsuke Nakamura beat Kevin Owens, I mean God, Nakamura, Kevin Owens on SmackDown, how awesome a match is that, Nakamura ended up winning. Bobby Roode beat Dolph Ziggler to get on the team. Uh, Rumor in in innuendo going around that may have been Dolph Ziggler's last match. Uh, As of Wednesday, I believe as of Wednesday, November 1st, his contract with WWE was up. And from everything we would heard, he has not re-signed. I don't know how close they came to re-signing or getting there together. But that may have been the end of Dolph Ziggler, and if it was, he puts over Bobby Roode spectacularly for Bobby Roode to make the uh, SmackDown team. So we are now on a collision course for Survivor Series. As we said, it's the one-pay-per-view where, really, it's pushed Raw versus SmackDown. All the title holders are going head-up against each other. Once again, the match of the night, I'm really looking forward to the Shield Rollins and Ambrose versus the Usos, the tag team champs versus the tag team champs. That's going to be just disgusting. Just disgustingly good. That's That should be such a good match. Uh, and then, of course, the headliner, uh, other than the five-man elimination match, uh, is Jinder Mahal and Brock Lesnar. So, anyway... Guys, I'll have you a little more in-depth next week. I'm going to make sure I catch everything on SmackDown to go along with what I catch on Raw. And Guys, I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll do it again next week, and I love you. I'll talk to you next week, buddy. This has been This Week So Raw here on the
0: Foreign Affair Podcast. And thanks so much for that, Wes. And so that is going to do it here. For episode 182 of the Afford Affair podcast. We'll be back live next week. Ostensibly live anyway. Um, and hey, I get to go watch Game 7 of the World Series now, which is something the last couple of Game 7s of the World Series we haven't really gotten to do is, you know, actually watch it because it's been going on as we've done our podcast. Um, Dodgers-Cubs, by the time or do, not Dodgers-Cubs, Dodgers-Astros, by the time you listen to this, you'll already know how it turned out um so fantastic fantastic world series though just amazing stuff ah almost like that um but that's a lot of fun of course europa league also going on on thursday again it'll already be done by the time you guys hear this we don't care um big matchups in the premier league this weekend again manchester city versus arsenal chelsea versus manchester united huge huge matches there um so, yeah, that'll do it, though. Uh, from a call-and-crime, West Bradshaw, who called in from parts unknown, I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here on episode 182 of the Foreign Affair Podcast, brought to you, as always, by NJC Sports. Sports.com, we never stop. You can find them on Twitter. You can also find us on Twitter, at Pod, at West Bradshaw21, and at Edward Green. You can also find us via our parent show, The All-New Sports Show, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can email us at that site, all new sports show at gmail.com. Uh, thanks to all our podcast providers, including podbean.com, Stitch, Stitcher, <clears throat> Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, the iTunes Music Store, and Google Play Music. Um, so, again, we will be back live next week for more fun shenanigans and to recap the weekend in the Premier League. Until then, guys, especially you guys in New York thinking about you. So stay safe. And when you can enjoy the football, we'll catch you guys next week. You're listening to NGSE sports radio. Hear us live on NGSCSports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports.
1: We never stop.